This is a News Radio 1440 podcast. Well, good Wednesday evening, everybody. Thank you so much for being with us here on Tactics, where speech isn't violence, tolerance isn't love, and disagreement isn't hate. Now, for those of you that are regulars on the program, you're here every week, you know what's going on. Wednesday, we try to take some news and try to go bigger picture. We take it to the meta level. We talk about some of the implications on the larger sort of worldview scale. And we're going to try to do the same thing here. One story that I thought that was just a fantastic jumping off point for this in particular was something that happened with Dr. Anthony Fauci. Now, to give you a little bit of context and background on where I stand with him, I've never been one of the guys that was on the hashtag fire Fauci bandwagon. I never thought that the guy needed to be canned. Uh, Really, basically from the beginning, what I've been saying and the argument that I've been making is that, look, Dr. Fauci's a doctor. His job is to give a medical opinion. His job is not to give policy proposals. And a lot of the reason that a lot of conservatives dislike Fauci is because they're letting the media, and I don't mean Fox News, I mean the mainstream media, CNN, MSNBC, lead them around by the nose. See, what they've been doing is the media has been trying to craft this narrative that Dr. Fauci is the good guy and he's intelligent and he's actually looking at the numbers. And then Donald Trump is the ignoramus that's just sort of stumbling around in the dark and doesn't know what he's doing. And since he's not doing absolutely everything that Dr. Fauci is saying, then it must be that there is some tension between the two of them. There's really never been any evidence for that. This is a narrative that has been largely crafted out of whole cloth. Occasionally, they do say things that don't necessarily sound like they sync with one another, even though sometimes the media will say that uh, Dr. Fauci contradicts Trump or something, and then you read, that's what it says in the headline, and then you read the article, and it turns out, no, he didn't contradict him at all. He was talking either about something else entirely or was saying something that didn't contradict what President Trump said. And so there's a thousand different examples of that. There's no time to go through all of them. But suffice it to say, I said all that to drive home the point. I'm not one of the guys that thinks that Dr. Fauci ought to be fired. I don't think that he's doing a terrible job. I think that he's doing what he's supposed to do, which is giving medical advice to the president. That being said, this was a really, really dumb moment for Dr. Fauci. I still like him, still respect him, but this was a really stupid thing for him to say, and I'm going to explain not only why the thing itself was stupid, but why this is sort of pervasive of not only Dr. Fauci, but the government as a whole. So what was going on is is Dr. Fauci, in a lot of the media appearances that he's been making, you can understand the guy's been in front of a camera basically for two months solid now, just about it. And one of the things that Dr. Fauci said is that we should not be comforted by the fact that the death rates are down. So essentially, and this is a paraphrase, but the essence of what he was saying is, well, yeah, our our, our cases are going up, and our, uh, you know, a lot of our other stats are going up. But what we've been seeing is that the death rate has not really gone up substantially, certainly not proportional to the, the gigantic number of increases that we've been having recently. And if you've been following my show, especially on Thursday, you know that that is the case, that what we've been seeing is that we have been seeing an increase in cases and an increase, even though it's slight, in hospitalizations, but not an increase in deaths. And that's largely because younger, healthier people now are getting it 
right now as opposed to back in March and April when the people that were getting it were primarily older and people that were more vulnerable and thus more susceptible to this disease being fatal to them. But the reason this is such a dumb thing for him to say is, why would we not be comforted by the fact that this virus is not as deadly as we originally thought? That makes no sense. Should we not be comforted by the idea that, yes, more people are going to get it, but less people are going to die from it than originally we believed? And Dr. Fauci, and again, I know he was just working off of the information that he had at the time. I don't hold it against him that he's been wrong on virtually every single prediction he's made when it comes to the numbers, because everybody was working off of that, and everybody got it wrong. And, and I think that you can make a compelling case that he should have lowballed it instead of highballed it, I think that that's a, a fair criticism of Dr. Fauci, one that I've made myself. But underlying all of this is something that Dr. Fauci has a really bad track record on. Overall, I think that he's been pretty good at giving the president advice, and, and he has said, and said this to Congress and said it to the media multiple times, look, I, I'm just a doctor. I advise the president and give him medical advice, and then he has to make a decision based on the other factors that he has to consider. That's why he's the president and not Dr. Fauci. That's why people elected him to make those decisions, not just listen to whatever expert he has in his cabinet, because the president has a cornucopia of other considerations to make. If, for example, your doctor, let's say you're a, uh, a pioneer working back in the pioneer days, and uh, you have to work or your family is going to die of starvation. Okay, well, your doctor would advise you maybe not to work because you have some kind of ailment or some kind of sickness and your body just can't take the work anymore. But if you've got to choose between that and your children going hungry, you're going to defy the doctor's orders. That is a second consideration. It's not that the doctor's doing anything wrong or that he's giving bad advice or that he doesn't care about your family or anything like that. It's just he's giving you his medical opinion. Now, you as a private citizen that is a free American and able to make those decisions on your own, you have to take that advice and then weigh it against all the other factors, working, not working, that kind of thing, just using this as one example of this. I mean, if doctors were giving us advice and we followed the doctor's medical advice to a T every single time, we'd never go out or have interactions with anybody. And so that's really where the baseline is here. But Dr. Fauci telling us that we should not take comfort in the fact that this thing is way less deadly than we thought it was going to be. I mean, by exponential factors, the CDC came out just last week saying that the numbers are really about 10 times higher than we originally thought based on our antibody testing of the samplings that we've done. Probably about 10 times as many people have this thing as we originally thought, which means the fatality rate is significantly lower than we believed it to be. That's really, really good news. And so the only way to try to make sense of why Dr. Fauci is saying, look, and especially if you take it in the context of what he was saying, because he was also saying that we need to... Uh, continue to obey social distancing guidelines. We need to continue to keep things more or less closed down. 
the thing is that that's Dr. Fauci's job is to give you what would medically be the best solution. Medically, the best solution for you would be to live in a bubble for the rest of your life and never come in contact with another human being. I mean, whether COVID-19 existed or not, that is what is medically best for you. But we understand there are other things to consider. There's other things we have to think about. And that's not realistic. That's the reason that we have those structures in place. But Dr. Fauci saying that we should not take any comfort in that ignores that. Dr. Fauci trying to tell people that they should not be comforted by the fact that we have less people dying from this thing than we thought, even though they are getting infected, the only way that that makes sense is to remember that Dr. Fauci is not just a doctor. He is also a bureaucrat. He is a lifelong Washington bureaucrat, and this is something that is indicative of most bureaucrats, that they think they know better than you. And again, even though I do genuinely value Dr. Fauci's opinion, I think that he's been relatively pretty darn good with this thing ever since the beginning of it. The thing that you do have to make yourself aware of is that he's not just a doctor, he is also a bureaucrat, and he thinks like a bureaucrat. And the way bureaucrats think is they believe, by and large, not all of them, I don't want to paint with too broad a brush here, but the general thought process, the general culture of bureaucrats is, look, the average person out there, they're just idiots. They don't know what's right for them. They don't know really what's good for themselves. And so we need to kind of steer them in a certain direction. It's sort of the social engineering kind of mentality. It's a very dangerous thought process. It's the same thing that you had Cass Sunstein with the Obama administration sort of champion that uh, he said that people have a little Homer Simpson in them and you basically have to uh, course correct and you have to sort of nudge and then shove and then if that doesn't work, shoot. In other words, kill people that don't go along with it. Now, I don't think that Dr. Fauci is some kind of fascist that wants to kill everybody that doesn't want to wear a mask. I I'm not suggesting that at all. What I am saying is, though, he has for decades been in that bureaucratic swamp, and they tend to think that way, that the American people just need to be basically driven in a certain direction whether they want to or not because it's what's good for them. You see, a real conservative, somebody that believes in freedom and liberty, would take the stance of, we'll just give them good information and let them make decisions on their own. That's the reason that central planning doesn't work. Because it ignores the fact that human beings are individuals with individual concerns and that a bureaucrat in Washington cannot possibly consider all of the millions of different factors for the millions of different citizens that they have to make those decisions on their own. Arm them with good information, sure. Give them the best take that you can and give them your opinions, absolutely. One of the mantras of this show, one of the things that I strive to do on a daily basis is to provide you with information and give you my commentary on it, but I never tell you how to think. I never tell you that you have to agree with me. When it comes to elections, I don't even tell you how to vote. Every election that I've ever covered since I've been in the news radio business, I'll tell you how I'm voting, I'll tell you what my stance is on it, but I don't tell you how to vote. You've got to make that decision. And ultimately, that's what I believe my job is, is to arm you with information, to give you my take on it, but then it's up to you to do with what you will. And the reason that I take that stance is because 
I'm a self-aware enough to know that I make mistakes. I don't have perfect information or perfect logic. I do the best that I can. But ultimately, I have blind spots because I'm a human being. And the problem with a lot of bureaucrats, and I'm not trying to say specifically Dr. Fauci, but I think that he's part of this, is that the bureaucrats believe that they genuinely know better than you and you don't know what's right for you, so they have to make decisions for you. So what Dr. Fauci was trying to do here is basically trying to strategically scare you into acting the way that he thinks you ought to behave. Look, this thing can be measured on a scale. It doesn't have to be either, oh my gosh, this virus is going to kill all of us and we're going to wind up in an episode of The Walking Dead. Or, oh, there's absolutely nothing to this virus, it's exactly the same as the common cold, and I'm just going to go out and hug people. Like, there is a middle ground here. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. And I get that humans suck at nuance. A big part of my job is dealing with that fact. The reason that I do the show is so that humans get that nuance that they tend to not be so great at. I get that you're going to have a portion of the population that one side wants to stay sheltered in place until we have a cure for this thing, and if that means staying in their house for five years, then they're fine with that. And then you have the other extreme, I think that's a, a very tiny minority, but then there's the other extreme of people that think we should go back exactly to the way that we were beforehand with no precautions whatsoever and just let the chips fall where they may. And I don't think either response is smart. But I also don't think the vast majority of Americans are there anyway. And the irony is, a lot of these bureaucrats at the top that think that they can dictate down to people from their ivory towers exactly what they are going to do and what they need to do. And this is what Dr. Fauci was trying to do. He's saying, okay, look, maybe the virus isn't as bad as we, it should have been, but we need to keep the panic ratcheted, ratcheted up to an 11 just to keep everybody doing the things that we think that they need to do to prevent this, even though the things that we think will prevent it, such as uh, mandatory mask, there's very little evidence to show that that does anything to stop the spread of this thing, that uh, our information changes basically on an hourly basis that will tell you to do one thing, and then an hour later we decide, uh, yeah, we need to do the exact opposite of that. Look, just do the best you can to be transparent. Give the people the information that is the best information available to you at the time, and let the American people figure it out for themselves. You see, unlike a lot of the Washington bureaucrats, I think the average American has faith in their neighbor. The average American decides that, oh, okay, I'll, I'll do my own thing, I'll make my own decisions, I'll take my own precautions the way that I want to. If other people don't want to do that, then I'll just have to avoid them. Unfortunately, we have created a nation of Karens where we think that everybody needs to comply with exactly the methodology that we believe that we need to take for it to all work out, but... That's the issue that I have with bureaucracy and entrenched government bureaucrats in general, is that they believe that they need to dictate down to people exactly the way that they need to act and behave, rather than just being informants, just telling people the information that they know and letting the American people make their own decisions on things like that. I think that's where Fauci makes this gigantic misstep. We saw this, for example, in the whole kerfuffle with Ukraine and trying to impeach President Trump, is the, their big beef with this whole thing 
is that essentially they believe that the State Department should run autopilot regardless of who the president is, regardless of what the American people decide. The State Department just needs to basically run the way that it's always run, that it needs to be a perpetual motion machine. And they'll say, well, he wasn't adhering to State Department regulation or, or State Department policy. He's the president. He runs the State Department. You answer to him, he doesn't answer to you. Just because the president made a decision you don't agree with, that's not your place to say, no, no, Mr. President, you're not allowed to do that. No, no, he's your boss. He's the one the American people put into place. And the same is true for Dr. Fauci and the people at the CDC and so on and so forth. And I, I don't think that's going on with Dr. Fauci. I'm not saying there's a one-to-one -one comparison there. That I don't think Dr. Fauci, there's been no evidence that's been presented to me that I thought was compelling that he's trying to somehow undermine Trump. I've not seen that so far, but ultimately what I'm trying to say here is, and, and what I'm trying to help you understand is, there is a general sentiment by those in Washington, D.C. that they ought to be running the American people's lives from a giant control center in the middle of Washington, D.C. And that's not the way it works. That's not how people operate. And when that does happen, ironically, what it does is it makes people want to do the opposite. Just a perfect example, and this is just my own sentiment, and I know it's a little silly, but it really is the way that I feel, and it doesn't matter so much to me because I don't really go out much anyway. When Mayor Reed came down with the mandatory mask uh, thing, I, and I said this on the show when it happened, I said at the time, if I go out, I'm not wearing it. And I'm a person that probably would have worn the mask otherwise. At this point, I don't even want to wear it just because of the, the rebellious factor. I, I'm so fed up with government figures trying to mandate down to me exactly how I need to behave, that now that he said that you have to wear the mask or we're going to fine you, I'm the guy that's going to say, fine, fine me. And you're going to see a lot of that reaction when government comes down with an iron fist trying to mandate people do it. Whereas if you just give the recommendation, a large, large portion of the population is going to look at it and go, okay, that makes sense. All right, I'll do that. See, it's the force that makes a difference. And the thing is, even bureaucrats like Fauci that have the wrong ideas, that I think look at citizens as cattle as opposed to actual citizens, like a herd that has to be protected by them, the benevolent shepherd, even people that think that way, they're basically harmless as long as they don't have the blunt force of law behind them. So Dr. Fauci, as dumb as I think this is, as long as there is a government in place, and unfortunately we don't have this government, but as long as there is a government in place that decides, okay, we'll make some recommendations, but that's got to be up to the citizens at the end of the day, then I may be annoyed by Dr. Fauci making statements like this occasionally, but I'm aware of the fact that ultimately it can't really make a difference. You see, when they come down and enforce it, that's where the issues start, and that's where I start having a problem. All right, so one other thing that's kind of an illustration of this, another big worldview sort of moment for us this week. President Trump recently, sort of in relation to the COVID-19 thing, he said that he is planning not to fund schools if they do not open in the fall, basically trying to lend weight to the thing that he sort of hinted at and suggested at earlier this week where he was saying that schools do need to reopen. And by the way, 
I am of the opinion that schools do need to reopen. But see, what Trump is trying to do here is he's playing the game. And I'm not saying this is a bad thing or a good thing. I'm just saying this is an observation. What Trump is doing is basically saying, look, I understand that Democrats really, really want to fund education through the federal government. And so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to take that carrot away for a little bit until they're willing to give me something that I like, which is opening the schools on a regular timetable, which, again, I think is a good thing for the country. The country should open up the schools on an individual basis. Once that happens, then we're going to give them the carrot back. This is a bad strategy, in my opinion, for a couple of reasons. First of all, I don't like the fact that education, which is supposed to be something that is entirely dependent upon the state, entirely funded by the state, the states are supposed to be the arbiters of that. The federal government should have no involvement whatsoever, whether it's funding, policy, anything. It's bad to mandate when the federal government mandates, and this is something I've complained about Democrats doing for years. This is basically the way that Common Core worked. They say, oh, we'll give you the money, but you have to comply with the policy that we believe is right. This is Donald Trump acting like a Democrat. This is a policy that the Obama administration invoked when they created Common Core. That, oh, you don't have to abide by Common Core. It's not required, but it would be a darn shame if your schools didn't get all this nice big pile of Common Core money that we've set aside for the people that comply with our policies. And boy, Alabama fell for that hook, line, and sinker. Like, they saw a giant pile of money, and they dove in headfirst, didn't care what the consequences were. Uh, that's a failure on our part. But anyway, you see, overall, this is one of the reasons that I say President Trump is not a conservative. I don't think he's a liberal either, but he's certainly not a conservative. But he is better than a regular Republican, and I'm going to explain how. You see, the regular Republicans, they just cave. That's really the only thing that they're good at. Mitch McConnell, basically the second he gets any resistance or thinks that somebody in the Washington Post, God forbid, writes an article that suggests that maybe Republicans are bad and evil and mean, he immediately caves. Like, that is his go-to move. Uh, the same thing was true of, of course, Nancy Pelosi is the Speaker of the House now, but back when Paul Ryan was the Speaker of the House, House Republicans, exactly the same. The second there was even a hint that somebody might call them a nasty name, like a racist or a sexist or something, they immediately caved, gave the Democrats whatever they wanted. President Trump is better than that. Because even though President Trump is not a conservative, he does occasionally play, he does occasionally do this dance. He goes, first of all, he doesn't care what people say about him. And so that, that is a big, big plus for him. But this, well, I say that he does care about what people say about him but he's more resilient to it, and his reaction is punch back as opposed to Mitch McConnell's, which is just give them whatever they want. See, President Trump's approach is, I'm going to give you what you want, but I want something in return. And by the way, that's kind of true to his whole dealmaker kind of persona that he's built up around himself, is that the guy is a dealmaker. He, he's going to give the Democrats the thing that they want, but he's going to at least try to get something in return as a result of that. Now, sometimes he's better at this than others. There are times, for example, on the budget where he says, oh, I'm going to uh, shut down the government for this. And then he caves once he starts getting some bad press. And so he's not real principled on that either. And sometimes President Trump doesn't even really get the things that he wants. And he'll at least try to negotiate, but then he winds up walking it back. 
at least he doesn't do what the average Republican does, which is just cave immediately. He will at least try to get something in return, and sometimes he does. But an actual conservative would stand on principle. His response wouldn't be, well, I'm just going to withhold funding for the schools if they don't give me what I want. An actual conservative in office would say, well, the government shouldn't be funding schools in the first place. Now, I get that the president can't unilaterally just pull funding from any program that he wants. I get that. I understand that. I'm just saying that ultimately, even if a similar move were played out by a real conservative, like if we had Rand Paul as president or something like that, this wouldn't be seen as something that is a bargaining chip to him. Now, he might use it in exactly the same way as a bargaining token, but ultimately, he would couple it with the message of, but the truth is the federal government shouldn't be funding school in the first place. And see, that does make a difference. Because it helps people understand, this is where we're actually coming from, this is what we actually believe, and it also, ironically enough, would do a better job of negotiating than President Trump is even doing right now. Because if you believe that the other guy is saying, look, I don't even think this should be illegal. So if you think I'm bluffing on the idea that I might hold back funding for a little while, then you're out of your mind because I'm going to hold it back as long as possible. I don't think we should be doing this in the first place. You see, that's a far more effective negotiation tactic and a far more effective policy tactic. It lets people know where you stand. It lets people know where your ideological core is, which Trump doesn't have an ideological core, at least based on anything that I've seen from him. And that's one of the reasons that I say that Trump is honestly not a conservative. He's, he's just trying to throw out a potential carrot for the Democrats to get and saying, I'm going to take it away if you don't give me what I want. Now, granted, like I said, that's much, much better than Mitch McConnell that just says, here's the carrot, I don't really need anything. Or here's the carrot, um, let's spend even more money on something that I like. And that's his response to it. His response to government spending is, okay, well, I'll give you the government spending if you spend even more money on the thing that I want to spend money on. And so, granted, Trump is better than that. Don't get me wrong, he is. But it is a little different than somebody that is ideologically a conservative. And so that's just something that I was thinking about the other day. I think that it really helps illustrate and understand exactly where we are on this. So that's going to be our show. I got to get out of here. We're about to start church service. In fact, I'm probably already at least a couple minutes late. So we will see you back here tomorrow for our big Thursday show. And of course, we'll be having our coronavirus update where we actually go through the numbers, how it's, how it's affecting the state of Alabama specifically. And that will all be coming up tomorrow at six o'clock. In the meantime, stay the course, friends. Tactics with Caleb Colquitt. Only on News Radio 1440 and NewsRadio1440.com.